Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi a special place to live, work, and play. We've got a very special guest this morning. But before we get to it, I wanted to tell you about a, an effort that I learned about yesterday. It's being led by Jeannie Nico, and it's about providing meals to staff and nurses at uh, both Hancock uh, Medical Center and Memorial Hospital at Guthorn. They've actually, actually so far provided 433 meals, and these are meals for a family of four. So for a donation of $20, what's happening is Bacchus, Billups, Chard, and Filled Steak and Oyster are matching. And they're, you know, she personally is bringing the bills out to the staff at 4 o'clock today. Now, they're giving it to maintenance workers, nurses, security, you know, the whole shooting match. It's just an incredible uh, story. And it's also, you know, really about providing a meal to families that are on the front line fighting the coronavirus. And it's to show the appreciation. So if you want to give to the effort, you can reach Jeannie at 228-234-1449, 228 234 one four four nine, or you can go to the Bacchus webpage, or go to Banco McCarty Foundation. They can they can also collect the donations as well. So anyway, so just a, one of one of thousands of things that are happening across coastal Mississippi that really make a difference. And now I'm honored to welcome my friend Donnie Rouse to Coast View this morning. He's the CEO of Rouse's Market. Good morning, Donnie. Hey, good morning. It's good to see you. It looks like you're uh, you know you're at home, a hunting camp. Where are you? I'm at the camp this morning. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. Look, you, you see my background. We were trying to do business out of my office, had some Wi-Fi issues. I had to move into my outdoors uh, room, which we call the fishing closet. I know you have one like this at your house as yeah, well. Absolutely. So Donnie, is, uh, he loves to hunt and fish and enjoy the outdoors. He's also a very hardworking guy. And I'm going to, I'll set the, kind of set the stage a little bit for the conversation that Donnie and I are going to have today. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an incredible story if you look back and look at the history of Rouse's. Uh, they're a family-owned business. Uh, they're one of the fastest-growing family-owned businesses in America. Uh, and now John is the, uh, me, Donnie is the third generation to run the company. So how many employees do you all have now, Donnie? We're uh, right around 7,000. Uh, and uh, how many stores now? So 64 stores across Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. And so, of course, those of us in South Mississippi know the, the stores in Diamond Head, Gulfport, and Ocean Springs. Uh, this year, uh, Rouse's Marcus actually celebrates your 60th anniversary, don't you? That's right. That's right. It's an exciting year for us. It's unfortunate this having to play out in the, in the coronavirus scenario, but still congratulations on, on your success as a family. Thank you. Also, also um, in 2017, Rouse's was named the official supermarket of the New Orleans Saints. That's been a lot of fun, hasn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Been been really big for us. You know this, but when, when my wife and I lived in New Orleans, we used to shop at the, at the Rouse's at Warehouse District. So we, we really love that store. It's a very special place. So when you started to renovate, actually change locations from across the street, category corner to the new location in Gulfport, you kind of brought the new brand, the new approach to it. And I knew after my experience in the warehouse district that people were really love that store. And it's turned out that they 
I was right. Uh, people do love that store. It's done pretty well, hasn't it, Donnie? Yeah, it's an incredible store for us. Uh, you know, we made some big changes by moving across the street and remodeling that older space, and it's um, customers love it. I know they do. My family, just about everyone in my family actually shops there. And uh, you know, it's going strong even today. And we'll come back to that. We'll come back to how the coronavirus situation has affected your company. So I'm curious, what has the last month or two been like for you guys, especially you and your family? And tell me about that. It's been uh, it's been tough. It's it's been different. Um, you know, today's the first day I come turkey hunting. Turkey season's been open for a little while now. So, uh, but it's been a lot going on at the stores. Um, you know, just at, at the beginning, towards the beginning of March, no one really knew what to, ex- to expect. Uh, customers were afraid. Employees were afraid. And now that we've moved into it, we've you know we've gotten some new policies in the place as far as cleaning and what we're going to do sanitizing around the stores, talking with our employees, uh, talking with mm-hmm. the customers, and you know, just moving forward through it. Well, we'll, uh, we'll come back to some of the specifics. I've, I followed through NOLA.com. I, you shared the story from Fox News. Your family and your company has done some amazing things uh, in, the, the, in the wake of this. And uh, I want to I go to some of those details. But before we get into the coronavirus situation, let's talk a little bit about the history of your, of your company. I was so, uh, it was just, it's, first of all, it's very interesting. Your grandfather, uh, Anthony Routh Sr., started the first store in Huntsville, Louisiana in 1960. But the C for your company actually came from your great-grandfather, who started City Produce Company in Thibodeau in 1923. Take us on that journey. Yeah, so my family has been in the uh, produce business for a long, long time. Great-grandfather started out as a farmer, uh, growing p- potatoes and growing shallots. And then he just began shipping his produce across the country. And he eventually opened up uh, City Produce in, in Thibodeau. And just as the times changed, uh, farmers um, started fading out somewhat. So they wanted to do something different. And that's when I uh, decided to open up uh, a grocery store in, in home. I called Ciro's. That was uh, my grandfather and his cousin, and I was in 1960 when he opened that up, and and then that's really how the family got into the grocery business. His, his cousin retired, my father and uncles bought into the business, and then we just slowly started expanding uh, our, our footprint from from there. Um, in 1986, we had six stores, and then in 2007, um, we ended up. So we had about 15 stores in 2008. We doubled our size of the company. So it's um, it, it's been a long long journey uh, selling produce, and but it's uh, family's done an incredible job growing the company over the years. So your great grandfather used to deliver produce as far away as Alaska, or your great great grandfather? Yeah, yeah. I mean that was a pretty progressive company for the 1920s. You know, doing doing whatever he could do to uh, you know to pay his bills. You know, what was interesting about reading your history is that, in spite of Katrina and Rita and all the challenges they created for for South Louisiana, you guys still within I think two years after that bought A and P. Right. So, were you meaning to, to progressively expand the size of your company, or was this an opportunity that just created that you couldn't pass up? Yeah, so, uh, you know, you know, we always want to grow. We want to protect our territory. We want to take advantage of any opportunities that would come about. 
But with the A and P, that was a that was a that was a hard decision. We studied a lot because we were doubling the size of our company. That was a huge risk. If it didn't pay off, then our company would have went bankrupt. Um, but we 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 felt good about the team we had in place at the time. We knew to get into the New Orleans market. That was our only way, just due to the price of real estate and lack of it. Um, and, and it was just it, it just happened to be the right opportunity at the right time. And uh, and so so we did that deal, and it's uh, working out for us. So when where where is it that this Rouse's way was beginning to get perfected? Was it before you entered into the New Orleans market when you were still in Tibet and home in those places, where this the sense of your local seafood and all those parts that make this such a special place. Now, tell me about that evolution. Yeah, so it's it's, it's always we've, it's always been there. Uh, you know, since we my family started out as farmers, just with the first store, my grandfather always took care of the farmers at, at purchasing product, whether he needed a, a whole field of potatoes or not. If that farmer needed to sell them, he was buying it. So it really started at the beginning, just wanting to do business with locals. Uh, helping the farmers and helping the fishermen. Uh, it, it's just part of our DNA, part of our culture. That's, that's incredible. Uh, I noticed, too, that you actually have a division of your company that's, that's, that's supplying uh, the marine industry as well. Yes, yes. We, we do uh, a lot of business with the uh, offshore business, uh, oil rigs and such, and as well as uh, inland tugboats. That, that's that's incredible, man. So if you, if you think about... Um, if you're if you're giving someone an elevator speech about your company, you know how do you describe it in just a short just a short description? So we're we're, we're a family-owned company that that cares a lot about our employees, and we want to give our customers a great experience when they shop. Well, that's that you know that's where the wider aisles come from, the fresh food, uh, the hot food, the all the. I mean, it just goes on and on. I mean, you're just continuing to be innovative. You probably have new things on the horizon. Yeah, I always want to change. I always want to look out, see what others are doing across the country, and bring the best that we can to our markets. So we're coming to the end of this segment. We'll, uh, we'll, when we come back, I want to talk about the coronavirus and how it's changed your company. So this is Donnie Rouse, the CEO of Rouse's, and we'll be back to this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I'm privileged to have with us today Donnie Rouse from Rouse's. And uh, we just got finished having this conversation about the history of this company that goes back a long way. They're, they've been incredibly focused on their customers. And, and now as you begin to hear the, their uh, coronavirus story, how it's affected their company, how they've responded to it in so many different ways, to the community, uh, to their employees, 
And uh, it's more than just being available to, to sell groceries. It's a much, much bigger story than that. That's the story I want you to hear. So, Donna, why don't you kind of let's start with when did you know the moment you discovered something different was going to have to happen at your stores? Yeah, sure. So, so we were watching, uh, you know, New York. We are watching California and state of Washington and Oregon, seeing, you know, what was happening over there. And uh, just studying it, we're, we're talking to some other some other grocers, see what what they were going through because we weren't seeing anything yet across our markets. And then, kind of around March sixth, this March sixth, March seventh, we started seeing upticks in sales in the stores uh, across Louisiana. And uh, so we, you know, we weren't, still weren't quite sure yet what was going on. Um, are, are you know are we going to see this pandemic here? You know, in our markets or, or not? And then really on March 13th in Louisiana, everyone started shopping. And everyone asked when we started running out of the paper towel, the toilet paper, you bleach, your cleaners. It was, uh, I mean, our stores ran out of everything. And yeah. about a week or so later, that same thing happened in Mississippi and in Alabama. But, but fortunately, we have some you know, great suppliers, uh, great vendor partners that uh, like to do business with us and we've had great relationships over the years so we're able to get restocked very quickly um we we immediately uh just Sorry, let, let me when did you when did you hear the first case starting to emerge because what's interesting about that timing is a lot of uh, professionals believe that autograph was the moment where the, the where it began to spread maybe kind of silently in the beginning we just didn't understand how significant that moment was going to be, but did did you had you started to begin to hear that some viruses were popping up in the community? Not not really. I, I'd say for, so for, for Mardi Gras, um, we weren't really thinking of it at all. Yeah, uh, I, I had I was actually on a cruise for Mardi Gras. I mean, I felt perfectly safe. I, I wasn't thinking anything about the virus it coming to our area. Thought it was just going to be something something small out there. Yeah, uh, it, it was really the you know week or two after Mardi Gras that uh, we're like this is going to be pretty serious. We need to prepare for it. Yeah. Okay. So so now you're you're dealing you're beginning to respond because supplies are needed and a different way of stocking the stores is needed. So pick this pick the story up from there. How did this evolution uh, continue? Um, yeah, it's an example of just finding finding different products. Um, just this last week. We've had um, cereal and cleaners and uh, and different items that we've ordered truckloads from, and it's coming from Mexico. Um, we've never would have ordered product from Mexico before, but they had product there, and we're able to ship that directly to our stores as uh, our other suppliers across the country, across the U.S., continue to try to keep up. So just some different things like that that we're doing, um, getting tr trucks straight from manufacturers into our stores and, and skipping our warehouse. So we can get it there quicker. Uh, limiting certain varieties uh, on shelves, so we can, you know, you know whether it's paper towel or toilet paper, our customers just want that product. They don't necessarily need an exact item, uh, as long as we can have something there for them. Yeah. So you you began to realize that um, that this thing it started with maybe paper towels and toilet paper, but it began to evolve into just a massive amount of groceries because people were at home now and they, they needed to supply their a family, all, most of the families at home with them. They're not going to work. Their whole routines have changed. So they're cooking at home more. 
I mean, it just continued to evolve. The, the amount of business increase for you guys has been astronomical, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it has been, especially with, uh, with the restaurants being closed, with everyone cooking at home. Everyone's cooking larger meals at home. They're cooking every day now. So it's, um, it, it's, it's definitely different um, shopping patterns for sure. So let's come back to come back to the employees. Though. So the time you guys were beginning to see that things were changing, employees were also seeing things were changing, and then you realize that slowly but surely we've got to, we've got to clean the stores in a different way. We've got to we've got to just handle our employees in a certain way so that we can help them be as safe as possible, particularly in New Orleans. But really, I can say particularly in New Orleans, particularly. You know, we're all we're all part of the same region, and all of us have been hit. Of course, more the epicenter. How did you approach that? Yeah, so we want to make sure our employees were safe. Um, we, you know, we hung the plexiglass across our cash registers. Um, we have masks on order form right now. They should start hitting our stores for all of our employees beginning tomorrow. Uh, we're we're sanitizing every shopping cart in between customer use. We're sanitizing the departments heavily every night, and then we're also doing it uh, throughout the day. We're doing the same thing for our cash registers. Uh, we're closing the stores earlier. That way we can get the cleaning done. We're giving our employees a little bit of time to rest since they're working. You know, everyone's working overtime right now in the stores. Mm-hmm. Um, just just keeping an eye on to make sure no one's sick in the stores. So what's, what's happened, too, is inter- interesting because as your employees have learned the kind of behaviors and things they need to do to stay healthy and safe the community as a whole is also learning these new um these new behaviors and um but do you find that most people who come into the store practice social distancing or are super aware of the situation or do you do you are you having to coach some people every now and then so uh i didn't see much changing from the customers two weeks ago but uh today and and this week really um, most of the customers are coming in with masks. Um, customers are staying six feet apart from each other. Um, I think people are being careful now because they understand the seriousness. It's interesting that two or three weeks ago you didn't you didn't necessarily notice that. I right. think what's happened is the news the news has been consistent and the message from the health professionals has gotten clearer about what we need to do to protect ourselves. And, and frankly, as we and we talk about this more in a little bit, but as we begin to shift to whatever this new world is, there's not a moment when someone's going to just fly a white flag and say, okay, we're good, we can go now. And we're going to continue to have to practice social distancing and other safeguards. We're going to have to continue to protect the vulnerable. But, uh, but it's interesting that just in the last two or three weeks, you personally have seen a change in people's behavior. I think they, everyone's beginning to understand. I mean, you get the message, you hear the message over and over and over, and over again. Eventually, you're going to hear it. And you're going to, it's going to, and coronavirus is going to touch people you know, maybe even family members, and it's going to get your attention. And this is just the way it needs to be for, for probably a long time until we get a vaccine. Is that the way you see it as well? Yeah, absolutely. I see us leaving the plexiglass up in front of the registers, continuing to sanitize the carts, encouraging everyone to wear a face mask. Uh, I, I see that for for a while. I don't, I don't yeah. see us making any changes with that. Yeah, it's very clear. I mean, as we, as we begin to look at what what the, the governors and the president are looking at, you, it's becoming clearer now that that's going to be a phased approach. We're sort of in phase one now where we're learning to do social distancing, sort of hunker down, 
we're doing everything we can to flatten the curve. But as they tend to slowly ease back into whatever the new normal is, people are still going to have to practice all the behaviors that you and I are talking about now to protect themselves. Absolutely. Won't see outbreaks because outbreaks bring you back. We trigger going back to phase one again and being hunkered down again. So we're going to have to be careful. And here's the other point. This too now, you can't, you can't take a shortcut on the moment you take a shortcut as a community, you're going to see an outbreak and you're going to have problems again. So we really do have our work cut out for us, don't we? Absolutely. So as you think about um, things that you did in terms of reaching out to the community, it, one, one of the most reported things that you've done has to do with your, your work with the restaurants. Where did that idea come from? How did that evolve? Um. You know, really, I was uh, I was at my house at my house one evening, and uh, one of uh, just I just once the restaurants started closing, I was just trying to decide what can we do to to, to help these restaurants. And uh, I called a restaurant right next to one of our stores in Thibodeau called Big Mike Smokehouse. And I just asked him if he wanted to come into our store uh, a couple of days a week and kind of take over our deli just to to, to sell his barbecue. He can keep all the sales from it. We wouldn't charge him anything to be there just to try to keep his employees uh, employed at the time and keep, keep some bills getting paid. And he did that. And, um, and then really immediately we, we reached out to some, our restaurant friends in New Orleans and, and got with them. And uh, it's been going really well. Well, Donnie, I bet you blew him away when you make that phone call. I, I, I may have. Um, I'm not sure. I was just, you know, just doing it just to, just to try to help him out. That, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing thing. So, so list some of the folks like Commanders, for example. You're selling what is it, turtle soup? I'm kind of right. Better. So, give us some other examples. So, you got Commanders selling a turtle soup, uh, Galatoires. Uh, they're selling their shrimp romalade. Uh, Johnny Sanchez is doing this, doing this queso dip. Uh, it's just plenty of restaurants. Uh, I think we probably have a dozen or different restaurants right now participating. Wow, that's incredible. Hey, we're coming to the end of the segment. Why don't we uh, we'll pick it up on the other side of this. This is Donnie Rouse, who's the CEO of Rouse's Market, and uh, they've got an incredible story to tell about how the coronavirus is affecting them. So we'll be back right after this break. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coastview. We've got Donnie Rouse, the CEO of Rouse's Market, with us here today, and he's uh, he's joining us from his camp in Mississippi. And, and frankly, this is really the first hunt he's been able to do. What turkey hunting this morning? First hunt he's been able to go on in a, in a while, and uh, that's kind of normal for us these days. It's, it's almost like the aftermath of a hurricane when all, all hands at the deck, isn't it, Donnie? It sure is. Yeah. So we went to break. We were talking about the commitment to restaurants, and we had just mentioned the uh, I mean, you mentioned the uh, commanders and Galatois. Are you know some some other examples of restaurants that you're working with? Yeah. We so so Big Mike's uh, Smokehouse in Thibodeau was our first our first one that we partnered with. 
Uh, we partnered with uh, Johnny Sanchez. We partnered with College Inn. Um, so there's 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 a dozen or so that we've uh, reached out to so far, and we're going to continue adding that on to. So you didn't stop there, though. So you you've uh, because your business has increased so much to serve the needs of people whose lifestyles has changed and have required them to need more groceries. You've uh, you've also began a process of hiring employees. And of the employees, I think 700 employees that you've hired, uh, roughly, about 260 of them actually came from restaurants where they've been furloughed or whatever. What more do you want to say about that? So the, the restaurant workers are a great partnership for Rousers. You know, the, they, they enjoy food. They're around food all the time. Uh, in a supermarket business, we love food. Our customers love food, so it's just a natural fit to to have them join our team. And um, hopefully, we get some of them to stay. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of them will be ready to get back into their restaurants when they reopen. Yeah, no doubt. The, the restaurants in New Orleans are so important, as as the restaurants here in coastal Mississippi are so important. As you and I discussed, uh, you've got your eyes over here to to eventually, hopefully, roll out the program something similar to it over here. What more do you want to say about that? Yeah, so uh, we we've expanded it uh, into to you know the Homa Thibodeau area to Baton Rouge to Lafayette. Now we're going to work our way east uh, into you know Mississippi Gulf Coast and the Alabama coast. And this is this is a program that you know it's, it's not going to end when the restaurants reopen. We want to continue this partnership with the restaurants uh, and really make it part of our houses. That's 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 pretty awesome. It's just, it's it's like. Things that we learned during this expanded response period will change the way we do business. You know, I've had conversation with a wide variety of people. You know, we talk about, for example, the way we're doing this show, for example, the technology and the way it's enabling you and I to have this conversation uh, to the listeners and to the Facebook and YouTube audience. Um, when I talk to the hospital administrators that are doing amazing work, telemedicine is, is going to a whole new level. And they don't expect that once this is over that it's going to change. It actually is teaching people that they can trust it and enjoy it and that it's just as good as seeing the doctor in person. And we're going to see a lot of that. I mean, you know, you're talking about the rest program and how that will be embodied into the, the way you do this. I bet things like how you clean and how you open stores, talk a little bit about how that's affecting the future opening the stores. Yeah, so it's gonna that's gonna affect you know affect some of the design of the stores just to to make sure that uh, we have the holding power in the stores for the sanitizers and you know what can we do for make sure we got hookups for hoses in the correct spots so we can spray down cases and spray down floors, um, making sure that um, you know the, the food stays absolutely perfect and nothing is touching it before our consumers bring it home. So. So it's, it's, I think that what we're going to find, and I think you're probably already building it into your, your planning effort, is that, as we were saying a few minutes ago, we don't get a, a suddenly flag that says it's all clear. We're going to be in a mode for a while, particularly until we get to the vaccine point. But by the time we get to a vaccine, people's behaviors will have been adjusted and changed so much. They'll be so much more aware of, uh, of, of how they pick up viruses I think they're going to be naturally careful for maybe ever. I don't know. I mean, it just may be part of the business. Um, I, I guess you're seeing that that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, that's that's what we're planning on. We're planning on to see uh, the face mask for a long time. We're planning on to see, 
you know, customers are going to continue, I believe, social distancing themselves in, in public places, such as a grocery store, and, um, you know, probably limiting their trips to the store. That way they don't have to go every day. Maybe they'll go once or twice a week now. So is, is, pickup, is pickup service and those kinds of things beginning to grow at your companies? Yeah, yeah. So our curbside pickup and our, and our delivery has uh, in, increased um, a, a bunch uh, over the last 45 days, and that's going to continue. So we're working on, uh, you know, getting that to more stores that we have, and we're changing that process a little bit just to make, make it a little bit easier for our customers. But that, that's here to stay for sure. Yeah, it's like another, to me, I compare it a little bit to some of the, the banking people that I talk to, for example. Online banking has been so enabling. And so people get used to it. People who may have resisted the use of technology up to this point, now they're using it, you know, on a regular basis. And they're going to be less likely now to go to a brick-and-mortar store so, or a brick-and-mortar location. So what that's, what that's doing is it, it's literally causing them to adjust their strategic plan going forward about, where do they actually need brick and mortar, and you know what's the growth in the in the in the uh, online banking, and how does it change the way we business going? Forward? I would think that that the whole curbside and delivery aspect of your business will be a big growth from from here on out. I think so because it, it's it's convenient. Uh, my, my wife does it um, a, a good bit, and. Um, you know, now that people are kind of, it's kind of changed their habit. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, once you change that, you're going to kind of get stuck with it. So I think you're going to see a lot of customers doing the curbside and delivery moving forward. And so the other thing, just to, just to make sure we focus on it, you know, you've got this huge commitment to your employees, but there's going to be a lot of work in place to ensure your safety from, from probably here on out. I mean, it's, it's just going to be part of what, how you do business, is it? Yeah, Absolutely. So, um, um, and, and essentially institutionalizing all these learnings and protecting them in ways that you never even thought of before. Yeah, and, and even uh, just some of the other things that we've done with them, um, you know, at the end of April, we're giving our employees a bonus just for, for the hard work they've done. Uh, we closed on Easter Sunday this year, and we still, we paid them and made an additional paid holiday for, for our employees. So we're, we're feeding them lunches every day. So we're, we're trying to do everything we can to take care of our employees and, and let them know that we do care. We're very thankful for, for what they're doing in the stores. That's, 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 uh, that's very exciting. So how, how, what's the feeling in New Orleans? Have you, been, have you actually been in the city in the last you know, week or so? God, no, I haven't been in the last week. It's probably about two weeks ago was the last time I've been there. So what are you hearing from folks? I'm sorry, what's that? Yeah, what are you hearing from folks about the mood in New Orleans? Since the so it's pretty good with it was our, team members. our team members are, are happy. Um, the mood seems to be pretty good. Uh, customers are still shopping in the stores there. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's. I'm sure people are, are scared uh, over there to, to really get into crowds. Yeah, I was starting to see a turn there, just like we are everywhere else. And what have you seen? I, mean, I haven't checked the numbers, but what what does the the virus look like in places like Palm Thibodeau and more of the South Louisiana areas? Um, it, it's it's flattening out. It's it's not too bad in uh, in the home in Thibodeau. We do have our cases. We do have some of the deaths, but nothing nothing like you're seeing in the populated cities. Yeah. Well, that, that's good. Was well, there any area, Donnie, that I've missed in our conversation this morning that that you want to make sure you talk about? Yeah, I just want to thank our team members for doing a great job. I want to thank our customers for, for trusting, you know, that us and continuing to shop with us. Well, you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to uh, 
being able to load my boat up with a bunch of my friends or and get to the hunting camp where you are now and and not really have to worry about social distancing. But I, I get unfortunately I think that's just the way it's gonna be. But it'd be great just to have some camaraderie again and enjoy life kind of the way that it was. And we'll be back there at some point. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. We'll find a way to to, to find our uh, to to find our new normal, so to speak. You see that as well, don't you? For sure. Yeah, I'm ready for it. So um, we we need uh, Saints to have a good draft. <laughs> that's right. And uh, and hopefully we can have a season. That's that's what I'm hoping for. What yeah, do you think about that these days? It'll definitely be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, it, it will be. It really will be. Well, anyway, man, that's uh that's it for now. I really appreciate you spending time with us. Your family story is really incredible. Um, it's, it's amazing that you're a third generation and we're and you're still you know moving forward. You're still expanding, still serving the community. And as long as you do things like you're doing with the restaurant uh, re- restaurants by allowing them to come in and do what you're allowing them to do to sell their wares and take the take the money for themselves so they can try to stay whole and then you know, hiring employees to give them sort of a stopgap measure until they can get the restaurants back open you know those kind of states uh, go go miles and miles to helping people recognize that your family really means business when you say it's part of your community so for, thank you for doing that and thank you for spending time with us here in, in coastal mississippi and uh, we look forward to catching up with you in the, in the near future Hey, absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, buddy. Take care. Thank you. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.